All right, Brad. Well, we don't have Brad today. Unfortunately, Brad's on vacation. I'm so used to saying hi to Brad. Instead, brought along my son, who just celebrated his 22nd birthday today, Brian Gonzalez. What's going on? Nothing much, nothing much. Uh, celebration hasn't officially started yet. We haven't done anything, but I did turn 22 today. So when you, uh, like, it's not like you have your friends here, so it's like you're going to be able to go hang out. Like, what what does 22-year-old celebration even mean? Are you hanging out with your mom? I was actually talking to uh, our cousin Jaden yesterday, and she was asking me what I was going to do for my birthday. And for a second, I was like, how does she remember my birthday? Like, I don't know. It just kind of seemed a little weird that she remembered my birthday. And then I just remembered that her birthday is actually tomorrow. So that's how we've always known each other's (laughs) birthdays. And she was like, yeah, I'm turning 17. I always think that's like a weird age. I'm not going to do anything like 17, 19. It's kind of a weird age. I was like, believe me, I know I'm turning 22. Like that's the year after 21. Mm -hmm. And so we were just both saying we're doing absolutely nothing for our birthdays. And I think we're just going to go to dinner with like a couple friends, but that's, that's about it. Watch the sun's game. That's nothing, cool. Nothing really. Um, or Giants, Dodgers too. Don't forget about I Giants, know. It's what, 7-10? Yeah. All right. So, Brad, again, Brad's not here. I've been doing this show. For, we, Brad and I have done 49 shows together. So, we get to show 50. Brad's on vacation. Brian's doing the show. Brad was a little sad because he couldn't do show 50. But then he said, ah, the year show is the one that matters. So, don't worry. Brad will be back next week. I do miss Brad too because... Brad is the one who creates all the player of the week stuff and we get the fans uh, the Twitter followers to vote. He didn't he wasn't here to do that, so I just picked a player of the week. I think it'll be a pretty good one. Um but yeah, so let's hit the intro and then Brian and I will talk about the week that was. And I have some questions about Brian cuz as a 22-year-old, he grew up on baseball thanks to me and his grandfather. But basketball is also uh, a bigger deal to him and his brother. So we kind of want to do little comparisons between baseball and basketball. Why the younger fan base likes basketball more. What could baseball do to actually grow that younger fan base a little bit more? So we'll hit into that stuff later in the podcast. But uh, first, let's hit the intro video or audio for you podcast listeners. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have built on end. The Giants have won the pennant. The Giants went 4-1 and one on the week, almost a perfect week, but they lost to the A's on Sunday 6-2, to two, so not even really a close game. I think it was 6 to nothing, like going into the last inning. But they did play very well early in the week, and we got to see a really fun matchup. I don't know how much of this game you were able to watch, but I believe it was Wednesday. It was either Wednesday or Thursday afternoon. We got to see... Shohei Otani, who is one of the marquee young players in Major League Baseball today, and the Giants' own Kevin Gossman. So they both went head-to-head. And did you get to see any of this game? Because I think it was kind of like underrated one of the most uh, important matchups of uh, of the year. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw a good amount of it. So... It was close. It was one-to-one. So Otani gives up a home run to Yastrzemski. Gossman then gives up a home run 
in the next inning. But because with Otani, you want him to hit as well. But when you have a DH and you don't use the DH, you basically lose it. So every time Otani's spot came up in the order um, and they had to take him out of the game, they basically could not... They, they It was the, the pitcher spot over and over and over again. So the Angels were not able to use the DH, but the Giants were. So it was like this really funky thing. I think it was the first time ever in baseball that the National League team had the DH and the American League team did not have the DH for a game. So we go into extras tied at one. And the Giants are not very good in extras this year. They're, I think after this weekend, they were at 500 maybe in extras. But whenever I see the Giants go into extras and we see this new rule with the runner on second base, I just go like, ah, this, this, is, not, this is not fun and it's not real baseball. But the flip side is that the games don't go forever. They generally are done by like the 10th or 11th inning. Uh, so then, so then uh, both teams score, and then there's this weird situation uh, late. It looks like the Angels are about to win the game. They do a replay, and they change the call, and the Angels runner is out at home instead of uh, what the original call was safe. And so the Giants, we go into extras again. And in the 13th inning, um, the Giants just pull away. Uh, Mike Tick Tockman, he uh, hits a he hits a home run after striking out five times <laughs> before. It's kind of a crazy stat. And the Giants win. So when you watched the game, obviously it was a, a very a very good All Star matchup with Gossman and Otani. Um, do you like like as you're watching? Do you think of like pitcher versus pitcher being like something interesting. And again, I'll relate a lot of things to basketball because a lot of basketball is like, you know, it's it's uh, LeBron James against Steph Curry. It's like, even though it's a team, it's really like Steph's team and LeBron's team head to head. And I think people really respond to that. But in this one, it was like, oh, Gossman and Otani. Like, did that interest you from the matchup standpoint? It definitely did. I know how... Gosman's our our ace and Otani is looking to get that AL MVP this year so I was definitely intrigued by the matchup that's probably why I probably tuned in for I want to say most of the game even Dude. though I was like moving out of my house and I had things to do <laughs> I had I found that to be more important and I wanted to watch it uh what do you think about Otani like you know when you're when you're growing up I would always tell you and your brother like I, you know I had the game on in the background and you guys would be doing whatever, playing with toys or whatever. And I'd say, okay, you guys got to stop and come in the room. Barry's up. And then we'd all come in the room and you and JJ would run in the room. We'd watch Barry at bat. And then Barry would be done. And then you guys would go do whatever. I feel like Otani is like the same way. Like whenever he comes up to the plate, I wish my phone would send me like a notification that says, okay, click on your MLB, the app thing so that you can watch Otani hit. Like, do you see, do you sense him as like this up and coming superstar that is kind of must watch? Yeah, I, I definitely do. And I, another comparison to basketball is how you would always used to text that Steph's getting hot and mm-hmm. we have to turn on the Warriors game. I, I do think Otani kind of has a little bit of that. So yeah, I agree. All right, so the Giants, t- they took two from the Angels. Uh, game one was actually a uh, De Sclafani masterpiece, which we're starting to get used to with him. He's now 8-2 and two with a 2.77 ERA. 
Uh, and uh, so took took both of those games. The second game was a little bit harder than the first. And then the Bay Bridge series, which is you bring the Oakland A's into town. This is the first game back where the Giants could go to a full uh, full uh, park. They they could get all forty some odd thousand if if they wanted if the, if they sold enough tickets. And uh, they drew, I think it was thirty six thousand for Friday night's game. And this was Johnny Cueto. Uh, throwing a really good game against the A's. Uh, Manea also threw well, but he gave up a run, and Cueto didn't. So that that was really the difference. Um, do you have when you're you know we you guys grew up more in Gilroy than you did in San Jose like me, but did you have friends who were A's fans? Because and the reason why I ask is because the only. Uh, I, I have a couple of friends who are Ace fans. You know, obviously, Randy and Hagen are friends, are, are Ace fans. I have another buddy who's an Ace fan. But in this area, you would think that uh, maybe you run into more Ace fans. But it seems the Bay Area, to me, seems a little bit more predominantly Giants. But what about your friends growing up? Did they choose or did they have... Did you know any Ace fans growing up? Um, I would say elementary to like middle school, I'd say like... The majority of my friends were Giants fans, um, but when I get to when I got to high school, it was probably half and half. Really? Yeah, I definitely think it was. I, it seemed like the Watsonville, the people over by like the Santa Cruz and the Watsonville, all those friends that I had made in high school were more A's than Giants. Hmm, that's interesting. Because even even today, you know, I I work in I work in San Francisco. I don't work in Oakland, but. I, I very, it's very rare that I will see somebody wearing an ace hat. But, you know, every once in a while, you'll see Giants hats here and there. So the Giants take game one very easily. And game two is not so easy. So I was out with friends, and they did, I didn't see the, the game on anywhere. So I wasn't even really able to keep up with it. And then we're about to leave the, uh, the place, and I was about to drive home. And uh, my, my buddy... John LaRocca, who I do the uh, the fight game podcast with, he he was who was with me when we went to go eat dinner, and he texted me as he's driving away, and he goes, "Oh, the game's still on," because we thought the game was over and the Giants had lost, and he's like, "Nope, game's still on, tie game." And so I race home, and I get to uh, I, I get to the game, and it's already in the tenth, and the A's have have scored one, and I'm like, "Oh, great, here we go again." These these extra inning games are going to drive me nuts. And all of a sudden, the Giants, uh, the Giants, are are kind of battling and they're and they're fighting back. And uh, Stephen Duggar gets a base hit, and he scores. Uh, I forget who he scored, but then Crawford. Oh yeah, you're right. It was Crawford because Crawford was the guy who led off. Uh, he he was the one who who went to second. He was the last out from the previous inning, and so then uh, so they tied it, and then the great. Kurt Casale. Now I'm going to give you some numbers for Kurt Casale. Brad and I get a kick out of Kurt Casale because behind the dish, the Giants they uh, pitch very well with Casale. He's got like five shutouts or something, and, and he I think he picked up another one on Friday, the Johnny Cueto game. But he also barely hits better than a pitcher. He's hitting 176 this year. With two home runs, thirteen RBI, two point or two ninety two on base, 
Uh, and usually, you know, the, the eight hitters kind of have inflated on base percentages because sometimes they get pitched around so that the pitchers can can come up. And so, you know, he's just he's he's starting to to hit a little bit better. But I think he had gotten all the way down to a 100 batting average. Jeez. So he comes up, and I don't know, like if you're if you're the A's, I, I would have been really frustrated that that Casale was the one who beat him beat them because. All of a sudden, he laces a pitch down left field line, and Stephen Duggar can run, and he scores all the way from first. Giants win the game, walk off double by Kirk Casale, and because of that, he is <laughs> the Thompson Clark Player of the Week. I, he may have gotten like three hits all week, but still, like it was that was an important game because uh, you know the A's. They are a very good baseball team. They're, you know, they're, 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 unfortunately, they're behind the Astros and the Astros are, are really hot right now. But, you know, they are, they're a winning baseball team. So for the A's to come into town and for the Giants to take those first two, I thought that was really important because you knew the A's were not going to get swept. You knew they were going to get at least one of these games. And the A's could have taken two out of three if the Giants didn't fight back and win that. And mm-hmm. then yesterday, uh, the A's, uh, the A's beat them. Uh, pretty easily, six to two. Uh, Sammy Long, favorite of Brad Mine, did not pitch great. Gave up four runs in in five innings. Another another uh, favorite of Brad's, John Brebia, gave up a run. And uh, yeah, the, they they couldn't touch the A starting pitcher. So, but still good week. And the upcoming week is a very important week because it's always important. When the uh, when, when the Giants play the Dodgers, and the Dodgers uh, they have to they're actually going into L.A. for uh, two games. No, let's see, is it two or three games? Let me check the schedule here. They're going into L.A. for two games, so only a two game series. Um, I what are they? Uh, let's see. Click and open the standings here to see how many games the Giants are ahead of the Dodgers. They're three and a half games ahead of the Dodgers. Uh, and you know, the Dodgers could pick up two wins here and only be one and a half games back at the end. So it's very much important for the Giants to at least get a split and then go to Arizona where they can clean up because Arizona is the single worst team in Major League Baseball. And uh, hopefully they can go play well in Arizona and uh, pick up uh, a couple of uh, at least two or three victories on that on that trip there. So because uh, it's a, no, actually, it's a four gamer. So hopefully they get three or four. So um, do you still feel, you know, I think I, you, you tell me because I don't know. I'm just trying to push stuff towards you and your brother when you guys are growing up. But did you really feel like Giants Dodgers was like this big thing when you guys were growing up? I, I, 100%. I always thought that that was like the biggest rivalry in baseball, even though it might not be. That's how I feel like I was more raised to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I don't think anything's changed. If anything, it's just gotten uh, probably a bigger rivalry. Maybe this year, just because the Giants are in contention and they're competing, and the Dodgers are still competing. So I don't know. I've always thought that the Giants and Dodgers rivalry was like a top rivalry in sports, let alone baseball. Yeah, it it is. I, I think some people would say uh, Yankees Red Sox, especially if you're on the East Coast. Uh, there are others who would say um, Cubs Cardinals if you're kind of in that 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 Midwest area, um, and 
you know, but other than that, it's it it is really Giants Dodgers and and look, Major League Baseball was trying to promote Dodgers Padres as like the big rivalry because the Padres and and the Padres are still a really good team. You know, they're they're only a, a game behind the Dodgers, four and a half games behind the Giants. So, you know, they're going to go on a run here cuz they're so talented. Uh but, you know, lo and behold, Giants Dodgers is still uh, you know, it's still on the marquee when it comes to this stuff. And and a lot of it is, like you said, because both teams are good. But the Giants kind of snuck up on them. I know that Major League Baseball really wanted it to be Dodgers-Padres this year. Probably because of Tatis, too. Those Padres and Dodgers both have, like, the marketable big names. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to that in a second. Because I'm very interested in who you think are, like, marketable, cool players, you know, again, sort of like the thing where if this player comes up, I kind of want to see or, you know, this jersey or something, you know, whatever. Uh, But okay, so a couple other things before I get into some of those questions here. Um, The All-Star Game. Does the All-Star Game matter at all to you? In the past, wasn't it whoever won the All-Star Game got like the majority of games at home for the world series yeah the home field advantage i i always liked that but is it like that anymore um good question because i know i brought that up to my my friend ryan in college was like a big baseball fan they was like the only friend i had that was like a big big baseball fan over any other sport and um he didn't like it but I always yeah, thought it was kind it's, of cool. it's it's not like that anymore. Okay, it was like that until 2016, and now it's just the uh, pennant winner with the better record. Gotcha. That's probably better. But I always thought that was a little cool thing to the All Star Game that maybe would increase players to try more. Kind of how the uh, NBA is trying to increase players to try more in the give game. it more. Yeah, try more in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see how that would not have lasted for the MLB because that's kind of unfair. What about from like a player standpoint? Like, does it matter to you if the Giants get two or three guys to make the All Star team? I think I think it does matter to me, especially because the Giants are good this year. Um, I definitely want to see some players in that game. I think it's just a little because I'm just loyal to the team and want to see as many guys as possible in that game. Um, but other than that, like. The MLB All-Star game has never been like the biggest deal to me. It, what about the Home Run Derby? That's always been cool. Um, that's kind of like the dunk contest in the NBA. I feel like that's more watched than other events. Um, I, I The Home Run Derby is cool, especially they got all these names going. And didn't Otani commit? Did he? I didn't, I didn't see that. I thought he did. I don't know who else is in. I didn't look at the list, but that would be... I mean, there's a lot of home run hitters this year that would be very fun to like market and watch. Like Vladdy... Tatis and Otani, just to name a few, mm-hmm. I think they would be completely like I would totally watch that if those at least those three were in it. Mm-hmm. So Giants have uh, Gossman is probably Gossman's got to make it. I think Desclafani is probably on the fringe. They also have uh, Rogers, the the reliever, who mm-hmm. is. I mean, I, I I will read his statistics because his statistics are ridiculous, and he only throws 82 miles an hour. Uh, but because he comes from the side and his ball kind of the way that it, it kind of rises the the way that it does. So uh, Tyler Rogers, 
OERA, uh, 37 games. Uh, he's got nine saves. He's given up 30 hits in 38.2 innings, and he's only given up uh, two home runs. So his whip, 0.93, batting average against 0.213. He's probably also on the fringe. I, I don't imagine he's going to make it. Uh, be just because he's uh, he's more of like a he's a very valuable guy, but he's not valuable in the same way that some of these statistics, you know, saves. He's not going to have a whole bunch of saves. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but he just gets the job done for the Giants. Uh, he's probably on the outside looking in. But you have Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford is. Uh, he's got 16 home runs, 50 RBI. He's only hitting 252, but you know he's the power numbers are, are there. Uh, I know that uh, Mike Yastrzemski got uh, a decent amount of the fan vote. I don't sense that he's an all-star. He's only got 10 homers and 27 RBI, and he's hitting 227. Though he's heating up, you know he's definitely heating up. And then you got Buster Posey, who you know Buster Posey's only playing about three out of every four games that Brandon Crawford plays in. But he's got 12 jacks, 27 RBI, hitting 326, and just a great comeback year for Buster. Would you, who, who do you think on the Giants could actually, should actually make that team? Um, I definitely think Gosman, Posey, and Crawford were always the, the, the three locks for me that I thought this year were going to make it. Yeah, if one of those three don't make it, I think I'll be probably pretty bummed out. Yeah. And, I think that, yeah, all three need to make it. Uh, okay, so quick injury update, uh, and it's not a good one for me. Tommy, no. La, Tommy LaStella, yeah, Belts is one of them, but Tommy LaStella, who Brad and I have kind of earmarked as like this ultimate utility guy who's going to help the team out. He was about to come back, uh, and he was about to go on his rehab, but then I, he something happened to his hand, like he broke a finger or something's going on. So his rehab got pushed back a couple weeks. But yes, the the saddest one for me... I watched it. It it was heartbreaking. It was during that extra inning game. Brandon Belt is is going to third, beats the throw, throws wide. I think it even hits him in the back of the no, leg. No, smacked him. I thought that's what yeah. he what hurt. That, was that not the injury? I I, I don't I know. It was like a knee sprain or something. So. <laughs> it smacked him in the leg. Like yeah, so straight hits, on hit him. Hits him and it bounces away. And it's like one of those moments where he's running and you go. Oh, we have a chance. This is going to be over. And then every next step after I thought like that, it was like, um, not as great of a chance. Oh, no. And then he's like out by like five miles. Like it, it was like he went from, we're going to score to, oh, we're not even close. And so he's got some knee thing, and I, they put him on the 10-day DL. Lamont Wade Jr. comes back up. But uh, it looks like Belt could be out longer. I think they're they're sort of trying to figure out what it is. So, you know, if you... Brad and I usually have a drink. It's a little bit too early for us to record this to, to have a drink and still be functional during a workday. But um, if you if you have one, if you have something, you know, you may, you may want to uh, pour, pour a little out for, for young Brandon Belt there because uh, as polarizing of a player as he is he is still necessary for them if they want to go a long way because he's you know he's going to get on base that's the thing that he does best and he's going to play a, a really solid first base for them 
Um, all right. So let's actually get into some of these questions that I wanted to ask you uh, before, uh, you know, before all said and done, as far as just, you know, the popularity of sports with you and your friends. Um, I imagine knowing your friends, basketball is probably the most popular sport for all of you guys, right? Yes. So if you if you were to say the second most popular sport with you and your friends, would it be football? Yes. And then is it baseball or is there something like soccer? Is there something like golf? Like what like or, or does baseball fall right in? For me, baseball's for sure number three. Um maybe for like the reason I say football number two is just because in college I was in a fraternity and we always did this big old like Super Bowl mm-hmm. like get together where I feel like most of the people in that fraternity were like number one football fans. Yeah. And then so but um I know in my house at least, like I do want to say that soccer and maybe even golf might be ahead of baseball. A lot of the kids their last year of college started just getting into golf like a lot for some reason, but for me, for sure, baseball number three. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know what what makes basketball so much more appealing as a sport to people you people your age, you and your friends. I've always been into basketball. Like I know you raised, I know you played a lot of baseball, and we watched a lot of baseball growing up. But I'm pretty sure it was around like fourth or fifth grade that I just made the decision that I liked basketball more than baseball. And I don't know if that's because of the the stars. I don't know if that's because like this, this dude named Stephen Curry came to the Bay area and just completely went on fire for the next 10 years. I don't know if it's, it might be more, I like the game. I've always liked the game more. I think I was always better at it than I was at baseball, but I think I always liked the the kind of the pace, like the nonstop, just going back and forth. I always thought that baseball was just a little too like not as actiony as mm-hmm. like you know, because and then like I guess football offers that too. I don't, I don't really have a knock against baseball. I just found some sports more appealing to play and to watch. But I mean, but I, you know, we were always watching basketball too, so it's not like basketball just sort of discovered you like you and J- you and your brother were wearing LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Jason Richardson jerseys back then. Um, but like you said, the Warriors were not good until the 2010 ish timeframe, uh, mm-hmm. early 2010s. And then, and then they became great. But when you guys first started watching and going to games, it was probably like the right 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 after the we believe era because the we believe year um you know we were watching games and and we were you know watching them play but i don't think you guys were necessarily like old enough to really follow as closely as you were sort of right around you know 2010 2011 2012 because i think that's when it took off for for the both of you was right around you know age 10 11 ish time frame mm-hmm. but also the giants they win the title in 
10, 12, and 14. And so that's about the same. That's that's another time, again, for you guys. is right, right around the same age. And so if you look at it from that perspective, Giants are good for most of your childhood. Even when they didn't win the World Series, they still went to the World Series in 2002 when you guys were really small. But the Warriors for the second half of your childhood have really been the dominant team out here. And maybe the Giants will get back there because they're, you know, they're they're chomping at the bit right now. But it's the 49ers who have been so up and down. They go to Super Bowl twice in the last uh, 10 years. Uh, no, last nine years. And can't win the big one. So it's kind of interesting the way that your fa- your your favorite team sort of also uh reflects which which sport that you're kind of uh, into mm-hmm. more. So that's kind of an interesting thing to look at. Um uh, okay, so some other questions about baseball, how to make baseball cooler. What do you think like your friends some of them who may be sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm interested in baseball, but it's not my favorite sport. Taking them to a game live, do you think that is something that would kind of get them to to be into it a little bit more? Is that live experience? Because you, you guys grew up at Pac Bell, AT&T, Oracle. Like, you guys are running around that park when we would go to games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't, they probably didn't have that same experience. But, like, is a live game interesting to people? Yes. Um, especially for people that did not, I guess, kind of grow up on it a little more. They weren't really taken to games as a, as a kid. Maybe the idea of going to a live game now. And the live experience of, I've there's been um, I think there's been a couple videos that have just made it onto like outlets like Bleacher Report where there's like the people in the bleachers talking to like the left field or right field guy, <laughs> or but I think maybe the introduction of of alcohol. Now that we're 21, mm-hmm. they might en- they might enjoy that at a live game, but I don't know as as like a um, if they'll be like into the sport if it, that will raise their just interest of the sport in general, I definitely think so. I think going to a live game of any sport has just always been a good time. So what do you think about these recent rule changes? So I mentioned the extra innings rule. Baseball used to always be like, somebody's got to win. This thing could go 25 innings. Like I went to a game one time. Um, it was cold and I needed to take public transportation, which was going to shut off at some point. And so I left the game. I want to say it was like maybe like the 12th or 13th inning. Took me about half an hour to get to my car. Drove home for another hour. And by the time I got home, which would have been an hour and a half after I left the park, the game was still going on. And then it, <laughs> and then it finished. Like that was what baseball always was to me. But now mm-hmm. you put the runner on second base... And you can, you know, you're setting up a scoring opportunity every inning. And these games don't generally go that long because, you know, usually you can get a a runner in from second. Do you like that rule or do you, are you like the old school fan who's like, no, it has to be like the old way? Um, So I just, (laughs) I didn't know about this rule. Wasn't it implemented last year? Last year because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It was implemented last year. I didn't know about this rule. So I'm playing MLB the show, which I haven't purchased or played in so long but i decided this year i'm gonna get it but that's something M- right that you're you bought the uh, that you got the 
Major League Baseball video yeah, game for yeah. the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it, and I was just, I had to beat this team. That was just one of the missions. And we go to extras, and I just didn't pay attention. So I threw a ball down where he, I think they like, it was just like a long fly ball to center field. And I catch it, and I don't think anything of it. It's one out, right? I catch that. And this, the second base, the guy on second base advances a third. I'm like, when did there, when was there a runner there? <laughs> so I had to go ask my baseball friend. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, and so he told me about this rule. And initially, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I was that big a fan of it. But I, I understand why they're doing it. I think there's a couple tweaks that can be, maybe, done to improve it. But you know how, in like the NBA, how they're kind of introducing the challenge rule. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been introduced. I think coaches are starting to adapt to it and are starting to game plan around that. Like they won't use it right in the beginning, like they used to when the rule was first announced. Like they won't use it in the first quarter. They'll maybe save it even though there was something missed in the first quarter, they might try to save it for the fourth quarter just in case anything happens and it's more needed then. I think for baseball, coaches haven't started adjusting to that yet. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know how they will, but um, what about if the rule was tweaked or like they're allowed to use anyone in the dugout to, to be that runner? So instead of like the fastest runner on the other team gets on second base and then it comes to our inning and it's Brandon Crawford. <laughs> that might not be, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to spitball here. I don't exactly know how to improve the rule. I know why it's, why it was Brandon Crawford. I understand that far. It's because he was the guy who got out in the previous mm-hmm. inning last, but I don't know that there has to be like something to, and I, I heard what you and Brad were talking about. Whereas you let, it be normal baseball in the 10th inning, still extras, but normal baseball, and then maybe start using it in the 11th or 12th, which I think is good too. Yeah, but, I mean, you you could incrementally use it. I don't, I don't know if you want to get this uh, meta into the rules, but like, let's say in the 10th inning, you play it straight. 11th inning, you play it straight. 12th inning, runner on first. Mm-hmm. 13th inning runner on first, 14th inning runner on second. Like you could do stuff like that, you know. And um I actually like the idea of even putting a runner on third, you know, because the I think the strategy changes a little bit uh, mm-hmm. how, how how the teams play. So, uh, you could do multiple things. But the one thing that Brad said that I 100% agree with is it is nice to go to bed knowing that the game is over. <laughs> and that's yeah. a bit that's a big deal, right? Because you know, we're all working late and or working early and and it's really hard sometimes and you know, with these games as long as they go, I forget I when I when I went, I went uh, two Mondays ago. And that game was I was like, "Oh, this game's going by really quickly." But it it still took 3 hours, like it took the full 3 hours. And then there was another game, uh, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before. Where regular nine inning game, back and forth, back and forth, and it took four hours. And I was like, "Wow!" Like, imagine you know sitting through that game and and uh, ha- you know being there for four hours. Like that that's a little bit tougher one. Um, okay, what do you think about the DH in the National League? They did it last year in the pandemic sixty game season. They probably were going to bring it back, and I think we're probably going to see it maybe even as early as next year. But National League Baseball and American League Baseball have been different this whole time. And if the DH comes in the National League, we don't have to see hitters, uh, pitchers hit. We still have to see Casali hit. 
But uh, what do you think about that? Because as, as long as you've known it, the National League has not had a DH. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't know. I I think it's probably for the best. But I've again, like I, ever since I've been watching baseball, I've always known that Tim Lincecum's got a hit. Mm-hmm. Matt Cain's got a hit. So, at least we got to see Bumgarner. Yeah, at least we got to see one pitcher who could rake. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess the rules. What do you think about it? It's because you were kind of against the extra innings rule because that's kind of how it's always been since we've been watching baseball. What do you think about? I, I'm I'm very much for the DH. Uh, I think it. I think the games will be more fair. Especially because a lot of times what would happen is the National League doesn't play with the DH and then come the World Series, they don't have that extra bench player who's got 25 bombs. They have that extra bench player who's mostly there for defense and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got a guy hitting 240 with five home runs as your DH. So I definitely think it it makes it more fair. And, uh, you know, you'll get to see some players, someone like a Buster Posey, probably extends his career with the Giants because... If, you know, he's probably not going to be catching for that much longer, even though he's still really good behind the plate. But if he can keep his bat strong and he can keep, uh, you know, he and, and he can still hit, then maybe you can bring him back mm-hmm. and he can, you know, play for more more years than we originally thought. Because at, just as a catcher, you're like, okay, he's got a window. But heck, if he could stay healthy and if he can hit in the, in, in the 300s and, and get on base like he's doing this year... You could extend him and, and have him be a DH and maybe play some games at first, and and then you bring up a Joey Bart or a Patrick Bailey or or someone like that to play catcher. So no faith in your player of the week. No, <laughs> no, Casale. <laughs> uh, I have faith that Casale. Uh, you know, we'll get some more shutouts, but I don't. I do not have faith that he's going to hit over two hundred this year. I don't know how okay Brad would have been with this player of the week. It's because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Casale struck out four times that he game did. before that. <laughs> he did. Brad, Brad, uh, you know, Brad has, he, he likes to spice it up. He'll, he'll throw like a, a reliever in there who had like a few good, a few good, yeah. uh, uh, performances. And then, you know, but see, the thing is, is any, like we, we have to make sure that Brandon Crawford has a deserving week because we Brandon Crawford could go 0 for 25. We'll put him in the voting and he'll win every single yeah, time. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> okay, so um, kind of getting a little bit deeper. And, and I don't know if you have any understanding of this. And I would imagine that any casual baseball fan probably doesn't really know what's going on here. But do you know or do you have uh, any thoughts on this? fascination with pitcher spin rate like does that mean anything to you the spin it, rate it, it uh yeah it does so you know I, you kind of know what's going on with the spin rate i do know what's going on um i've been i've been keeping up i've been seeing it on my tiktok <laughs> seeing a lot of a lot of this this one page just keeps accusing guys of who he thinks is using it <laughs> apparently the whole dodgers starting five <laughs> all those cheaters yeah Okay, so when you hear about stuff like like uh, spin rate and spider tact and these these things that pitchers are doing to kind of uh, it's cheating. I mean, 
It, it really is cheating. Not that MLB has really enforced it, but you're you and uh, your brother are a little bit too young to really know what that steroid era was like. Like it, it's kind of like once you started to pay attention to baseball, that stuff was over. Barry Bonds. I think you guys got to see Barry Bonds play live one time in your whole life. Um, but like that idea of cheating or of like some people will call it gamesmanship, you know, trying to get every single advantage to 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 win basically and and also to get a better contract like Trevor Bauer, you know, he 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 even he's the one who said he's like, "Oh, you know, if I if I if, here's how people are cheating and and then it turns out he may be one of them." So, but does that stuff mean anything to you? Does it take away from the fun? Is it just like, "Oh, baseball's always going through something. They can never figure out how to just be a fun sport." Like, what do you think about that stuff? Uh I don't think it took anything away from me t- took anything away from like in that regard of of oh baseball's always going through something for me I was a little excited to see who was going to get caught. Um I don't like the the con- <laughs> I think the constant like checking of those players in between innings is kind of weird. Um yeah. What about but, when uh, Romo pulled down his pants? He did. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he took off his hat and he took off his glove and he started to unbuckle his pants and he had like sliding pants underneath. But then he's like, uh-huh. he's like, dry. he's like, time to drop the trowel. <laughs> that's that's cool that like players are kind of making fun of it a little bit. But I have no, I I don't know. That it didn't take anything away from me. It, it probably brought baseball up into the into into my bleacher report and house of highlights media outlets that I kind of go to for sports a lot. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I mean, I guess, yeah, that was probably pretty smart for Romo to drop trial there. Yeah. Um, Those media outlets are just into drama and basketball just has a ton of drama for some reason. And I guess that baseball drama just brought them into that outlet. So, so talking about like social media, you guys are the way that you watch sports is not only watching the games on cable or whatever, but there's also these bite-sized videos of things going on. Like, you know, you, you mentioned house of highlights and, you know, a lot of that is just basketball stuff. Like it's, it's just these great basketball plays or these college or high school plays that, you know, you wouldn't really see on sports center or something. But basketball does a really good job about keeping things in the social atmosphere like that. Baseball, not so much. Are there any baseball accounts that you follow or are there any that are out there that show like every home run from the day? Mm-hmm. Um, they, I mean, they show up in Bleacher Report and those like other media. I'm trying to think of more than Bleacher Report. There's there's a ton of them, but like I don't follow any like baseball geared geared to like only show baseball ones or like hey, you know how Bleacher Report and we say House Highlights is more geared to show basketball mm-hmm. and they show basketball more. I don't know. I don't know about any. Like I'm sure there are a ton. I just don't follow any that are more just going to show baseball and still show other sports. But majority baseball. I follow the MLB, follow the Giants, I follow a ton of others, um, like individual like players and teams. But Do the Giants have a know, TikTok but, channel. I I know the Warriors have one on TikTok. I don't really use TikTok for catching up on like highlight plays like that. Um, but I I don't know for a fact. But I mean, 
those those media outlets that I mentioned like need to start showing stuff like that. Like I don't know if they showed the fact that the Yankees had like what two triple plays in a game. Mm-hmm. Like that probably needs to be shown. That's a good one. I don't know if it was or not. Um, I mean, I think that's why the rise of Tatis has been pretty good for baseball. It's because he's kind of I see him so much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, other than there's there's not there's not a whole ton of baseball on all these accounts that I follow. I'd say. So let let's talk about certain players uh, outside of your team because you 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 know the the players on your team. Uh, we talked about Otani, and Otani is becoming one of those players who I think, you know, casual baseball fans are like, okay, like this is a guy. You mentioned Tatis. What is it about Tatis that you think is is uh, makes him attractive as as a player to you know to a, an overall fan base and maybe even people who don't really follow baseball that closely? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Tatis specifically, I don't totally know why he's like now this golden boy that I always see all the time. I think he's like, I mean, he's great at the at the sport. He's he's like one of the best shortstops in the league. Um, but individually, I guess he's got like some swagger to him that's like appealing to people who watch him. But other than that, I don't know why he was the guy that like almost got picked to just mm-hmm. be plastered all over the my social media accounts because you you don't see the same about Mike Trout, right? No. And Mike Trout's like, we're going to be one of the best players of all time. Yeah. Um, You don't see that much about DeGrom who's having one of the craziest years. It seems like in baseball history. Uh, But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know why. So the giants, um, not the giants, uh, the warriors go back to basketball for a second. The warriors have uh, two picks in this draft and, you know probably the top seven or eight picks uh, of the guys who are going to be drafted. That's something you follow fairly closely mm-hmm. with, you know, reading and social stuff. Does the name Wander Franco ring a bell to you in baseball? He's a baseball player. It does only because his card in MLB The Show just got a complete buff <laughs> because he just got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and see that see now you're you're kind of we're kind of laughing about it but that's why that game is important right because mm-hmm. it is another way for you to follow the game you're you're kind of playing it you're but it's a way for you to follow players because Wander Franco is the number one prospect in baseball yeah T- Tampa Bay Rays kind of kept him down in uh, in AAA and AA because uh, basically what happens is, is when you promote the player there's like this clock that starts. And when that clock starts, that means the, 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 the clock until free agency happens. So they want to keep these guys in the minors for as long as possible. So they keep their rights for, for, uh, for players uh, for longer. So he stayed in, in the minor. He could have been up there last year. He could have helped them, you know, in the world series and maybe they win the world series if he plays. But like, I just find it fascinating that, Every year when the NBA draft comes along, we know Cade Cunningham, we know LaMelo Ball, we know Wiseman, we know Zion, we know Luka, before these guys even play mm-hmm. an NBA game. And yet, in baseball, you know, the same prospects come up, but because they come up, 
like two or three years, like we know certain guys with the Giants, like, uh, you know, Brad and I are always talking about Lucky Luciano. Like he's the guy, but he's three years away or two years away from even being on their radar. So you got to wait for these guys. And along the way, sometimes they get hurt and and then and then it doesn't even happen whereas in the NBA you you want these guys ASAP because they can actually play immediately and then they want to come up ASAP because then they could get to free agency again when they're still really really young so it's just mm-hmm. it's just interesting the way that both of these sports do it but football football is kind of in the middle right like you couldn't have told me, or I would have never been able to pick out Trey Lance from a list of 10 faces until right for the NFL draft. Like the NFL does a really good job of like putting that information out there, like, you know, a couple months before the draft. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Basketball, I guess, just does a really good job. Is it because there are only five players on the court at once and one which allows one person to stand out very well like is that why you think nba players are so much more noticeable and so much more marketable it seems um that could be a reason it's because in football i mean the quarterback is so marketable and that's just you never get to see his face though that's true you know that's what i was about to say you don't get to see his face um maybe just the idea that these these athletes can come out of college after one year and like immediately be impactful to a team at such mm-hmm. a young age is more intriguing. Um, Cause for baseball, I feel like just this farm system of we have to wait and wait and wait mm-hmm. until we finally see this top prospect like is uh, so many of a- J- so many of J- your brother's favorite players coming up, never even got to the big leagues. Because he had all these baseball cards from like these San Jose Giants guys, and then yeah. they never even made it. <laughs> um, but, all right. So, uh, last, uh, I guess, last thing before we get out of here, and uh, I appreciate you doing this, and we'll, we'll we'll get Brad back, but we can also we can also uh, bring you back from time to time. To, uh, I kind of want to get. I just like getting thoughts from both of you guys, your little brother too, because. Looking looking at baseball through the lens of me, who grew up with baseball and has followed every team since I was a kid, and it's just it just becomes part of my uh, everyday thing, right? It's like, oh yeah, baseball season. You follow the team, you watch every game. Now, Brad and I doing this podcast has definitely made me follow the team more closely than I had uh, in the past. But um, what do you think? Like, what what's one thing? that you think would make baseball more cool to you is there like a a change is there like um something that tv could do i mean we're talking about the video games we're talking about social media but is there like one low-hanging fruit that you're like man if baseball only did it this way it'd be so much more interesting shoot I just feel like the game is just so you can't you can't just change like the game of baseball. I don't I don't, I don't know what would necessarily make it more intriguing. Maybe there's just we just need more Tatis, more more people, more Tatises. So you think just the freedom to be expressive and the freedom to because then you, you know we didn't even mention this, but there's like these unwritten rules where you know Tony Larusa who was a manager when I was like 
eight years old, and he's still managing today. He gets mad at his own player because his own player hits a home run. Oh, is and, this Yerman? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because Mercedes? because uh, it was a 3-0 count, and he was supposed to take, and instead he swung, and he hit a home run, mm-hmm. and Tony La Russa, his own manager, got mad at him. But it's stuff like that where, you know, it seems like it limits the marketability, but I agree, like, Tatis, you know, Tatis got the same thing, right? Like Tatis, you know, hit a home run on a pitch he wasn't supposed to swing at because of these unwritten rules and people are mad at him and he he doesn't play the game right. And yet he's like the one marketable guy out there. And kids, I think kids see that and they go, oh, why is everyone mad at him? Oh, these old guys, this baseball is an old guy sport. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder how you fix that or how you change that. You just keep doing it. Everyone starts to do it. Is it is that kind of like um another basketball comparison? Is that like I don't know, like being up twenty and shooting the ball when you you just run the shot clock out? Is that I think I think it would all, be something else. I think it would be up twenty, fourth quarter, all the starters are still in, and Clay and Steph are just shooting dagger after dagger after dagger after dagger and and but that that's what happens right like when mm-hmm. the warriors were doing their run like they never took the foot off the pedal until the coach took them out of the game like i guess that i guess that's what it is right if you're tony larusa you don't want your guy swinging up big maybe take him out and put someone else in there who won't hit home run or something <laughs> i don't know yeah i think i think that's limiting the game though like so I, I understand it from the perspective of how you play it because I've played in games where we're getting killed and the other team's like goofing off and, you know, showboating and stuff. And the thing is, is with baseball is you have this thing in your hand and the next time that person comes up, yeah, you can you can hit them if if <laughs> to send a message, right? But yeah, do we need to send that message? Should that message happen? Like, yeah, there's there's lots of interesting things. I think right. if that message was allowed in a lot of sports, a lot of people would send that message. <laughs> Baseball is pretty unique in that way. All right, so last thing here, um, Brad likes to throw out predictions, and they usually those predictions usually have the Giants winning every single game of the week or maybe losing one. <laughs> And he's been right like this whole season. He's been like right on the money. One week they went like three and three, but uh, otherwise. So Giants, Dodgers, uh, two games. They win tonight. They got to win tonight. This goes on the mound. Yeah. What is the Bowers on the mound for the Dodgers? Oh, is it Bower? So they get Bower tonight. Bower. Yeah. And then uh, they get. I can never find the pitching matchups when I look up the schedule and stuff. So. so they got two against the Dodgers and then four against the Arizona Diamondbacks. How many games do you think they win out of the six? Five. They go so they go five and one. They lose the one to the Dodgers and they say sweep one the, to the Dodgers. I think the D backs are awful. Are they trying is are they like tanking? Is that a thing? I just think they're bad. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think they're just a bad mix of of talent. And, you know, you got injuries. Bumgarner, I think he may he may still be hurt. But um, unfortunately, I'm actually going to be in Arizona, but not until Monday when the Giants leave. Ah, so sad sad timing. Sad times. Uh, All right. So that's going to be it from here. Brian thinks Giants go five and one. I will. uh, 
I will sign off on that one. If they go five and one, that will be awesome. That'd be an awesome, awesome, awesome week for them. Um, any last, uh, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I I'm gonna I I kind of have been watching baseball a lot this year, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna increase that viewing experience, and hopefully I can bring on some more. Uh, hopefully I can start viewing baseball how I view basketball and kind of get into that little. Because I think just for basketball, I, I like it because I, I watch the game and I'm able to say, oh, he should have rolled there. Oh, he should have passed it there because I've played because you I played. Know yeah, I, you played. I, played. I know what I'm I know what I'm talking about for baseball. I'd love to get to that knowledge. And I think the only way to get to that knowledge is to either watch or play. And I'm kind of out of my playing years. So I think watching it, just increasing how I watch the game and probably just watching it with someone like you or grandpa who knows what they're talking about. I can ask questions, bounce it off of you guys. Mm that will probably help a lot. So like, ideally that's what I would want to, that's what I want to do. So I can, so I can uh, have more giants knowledge. Do you feel the same way about football? Not as much. I, I, um, I, I like following the Niners and listening to podcasts and stuff, but I definitely don't, even though I played football, I don't know the X's and the X's mm-hmm. and the O's, but I don't know. All right. So, for the vacationing Brad and for Brian, my son, on his 22nd birthday, who jumped in to, in to help me out here so that I had someone to talk to, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.